It's so good to be with you this morning, those who I've never met before. My name is Ronnie. I'm the lead, pa- Ronnie, I'm the lead pastor here at Relevant. Uh, I want you to just do me a favor real quick. I want you to uh, imagine that you're standing before God after your life has ended, and he shows you something. He shows you a picture of your fully transformed self, of what your, your fully transformed self, of everything that he created you to be and everything he could have and would have done through you and the life he would have filled you with if throughout your life you would have kept your eyes on him, never went to the right, never went to the left, took every next step that he, that he prompted you into, that he led you into, that you took every next step to follow Jesus. Now let me, I, I want you to imagine seeing that picture. And I, regardless of who you are and where you're at in your journey, I can guarantee that you, you would want who you are now, the gap, the gap between who you are now and that picture that he shows you, you'd want that to be as small as possible in this life. Well, will it be? I mean, you decide. Now, for those of you who are parents, I want you to imagine the same thing for your kids. That someday after they're gone, they stand before their heavenly father and he shows them a picture of their fully transformed self. And maybe even more than yourself, I can guarantee you would want for your kid to the gap between who they end up being in this life and the picture that God shows them, I, I guarantee you'd want it to be as small as possible. Well, will it be? Well, the answer to that question is going to be parents greatly influenced by you. Because, as we talked about last week as we kicked this series off, no one has the potential to influence a child more than a parent. Parents, you're, you're not raising a child. You're, you're, you're raising an adult. And every child is going to end up as a generous or greedy adult, as a wise or foolish adult, as a loving or hateful adult, as a hardworking or lazy adult, as a respectful or disrespectful adult, as a humble or prideful adult, as a selfless or selfish adult, as a God-honoring or self-absorbed adult. And you want your child to end up at good, healthy, wise destinations spiritually and physically and morally and financially and mentally and relationally and emotionally The question is, will they? More importantly, you you and their heavenly father wants to transform them into everything that he's created them to be so they experience the life and hope and peace and joy and fulfillment and purpose that only he can give them. The question is, will your children arrive at the destinations that their heavenly father wants them to? Well, for good or bad, what you do as a parent greatly influences which destinations they arrive at because no one has the potential to influence a child more than a parent. And that's the reason we're doing this series. And the reason this series is so important for anyone who is a parent, about to be a parent, hopes to one day be a parent, is helping another parent parent, uh, or or is watching your own kids parenting. Furthermore, this series is so important for anyone who feels the weight and the responsibility of positively influencing a a child or a teenager or a student. So it's really important for you, those of you who are small group leaders, coaches, Aunts and uncles, grandparents, mentors, teachers. 
As I said last week, uh, I really believe in order to help our children arrive at the destinations that we and our Heavenly Father desires for them, many of us simply need to just change our approach a little bit. See, for many of us, our, our approach to parenting is, awesome, is, is often random and reactive, and therefore we parent by experiment. And, and this is a, a really bad approach since no one has the potential to influence a child more than you. I, I, I believe a better approach is to Parent with the end in mind. Parenting with the end in mind is intentionally parenting to lead our children toward the destinations that we, and more importantly, their Heavenly Father desires for them as adults. So throughout this series, really my goal is to help us shift our approach to parenting with the end in mind in a few critical areas. A few criti critical areas that make or break our children arriving at the destinations that we and our Heavenly Father desires for them. Now, before I go on with today, let me just say a couple things. Alluded a few of these last week. You got to know, Christy, my wife Christy and I, we are not perfect parents. And our two teenage daughters, Grace and Reese, they are not perfect kids. I'm not up here acting like I'm a perfect parent, acting like parenting is easy, acting like I have it all together, or that I'm an expert on everything. Listen, I'm just simply a parent like you who's trying really hard to grow and learn and get better, and I have a long way to go as well. Second thing before we kind of move forward is you got to know this series is much more practical than theological because let's be honest, practical application is what makes all the difference. The practical application that I'm suggesting throughout this series is exactly that. They're suggestions. I got these from suggestions of being a parent for 16 and a half years, from working with and watching hundreds of other parents, uh, and just from being a parent, a, a student of parenting. But none of these suggestions are perfect. Uh, but you've got to know, like, and, and I said last week, parenting is so stinking hard, we all need help. And parents, for you, Relevant Community Church, we are here to help you. And one of the ways that we do that is by giving you the best tools we possibly can. And we have been and we are continuing to develop tools for parents on our Parent Q app. Uh, and you can see the QR code on the screen right now. Listen, parents of any age, kids of any age, if you have not downloaded this app, make sure you do that. Scan the QR code right now. There are enormously helpful tools with everything we're talking about this series and so much more on this Parenting Q app. And we will continue to add these tools as we go because let's be honest, we all need help with this. The, second, the next thing I want to let you know before we move forward is doing everything that I suggest, it's not going to guarantee anything, it's not going to make parenting any less hard, or it's not going to cause any less struggle or worry as a parent. But I can promise applying what we talk about in this series will influence your child toward a better, healthier destinations and will help them avoid unnecessary pain and regret in the future. And then the final thing I want to say before we move forward is this series is not to make anyone feel like a failure. Last week, some parents, I had a couple responses from some parents whose kids are grown up and out of the house, and they're like, well, I just feel like an absolute failure. And what you need to know is you probably did a lot right, and you probably did a lot wrong. We all do. But you can't change anything in the past, and you tried your hardest. Listen, doing everything right doesn't guarantee our children end up at the destinations that we and their Heavenly Father desires. And them and not ending up there doesn't mean we did everything wrong. In the end, they have to choose their own paths. In the end, they have to choose their destinations. So listen, parents whose kids are growing up and out of the house, this is not time for you to feel like a failure. It's not time for you to feel guilty. It's just time for you to learn from your past and do what only a person in your shoes has the perspective to do. And that's help younger parents not make the same mistakes. Help younger parents parent with the end in mind. Now today, 
I want to talk about a powerful force, a powerful force that will greatly impact our children arriving at the destinations that we and our Heavenly Father desires for them. <laughs> Which you, you need to know, parents, I mean, this is so, so vitally important that every parent knows this. No one has the potential to influence a child more than a parent, said that before, but parents are not the only influence in a child's life. And you know this. I mean, I've heard thousands of people tell their stories about why they are the way they are, believe what they believe, do what they do, think what they think, feel what they feel, love what they love, hate what they hate, value what they value. And I have yet to hear the story of someone arriving at any destination, either positively or negatively, that, had no, that has nothing to do with someone else in their life. And because of that, I want to take a step back away from, from children and parenting for the next few minutes. And I want to talk about a biblical principle that's true for every single one of us, regardless of our age and regardless of where we're on our spiritual journey. And that biblical principle is this. Your friends impact the quality, direction, and destinations of your life. And I know some parents are like, ooh, that's good. I'm going to use that. Listen, you want to use it because you know it's true for your kids. But this is also true for you. For good or for bad, the friends in our life impact the quality of our lives, both now and the future, the destination our lives are headed, spiritually, physically, morally, financially, mentally, emotionally, and the destinations that we arrive at. I mean, you don't even need to believe what's written in the Bible to know that this is absolutely true. Think about all the times someone has thrown all their logic to the side, their education to the side, their beliefs and their convictions to the side, and they altered their actions and their attitudes and their morals or their stances or their positions or their choices because of the friends in their lives. Now, think about all the times you've done the same thing. Whenever people tell their stories about their trust in God growing or deteriorating, their stories about good and bad decisions, their stories about the best days and the worst days of their lives, their stories about pivotal circumstances that led them toward life or toward regret, regret, they always talk about the people and the friends in their life during that time. Your friends impact the quality, the direction, and the destinations of your life, both positively positively. And negatively, for better or for worse, our lives have been and are being impacted by the friends in our lives. Listen, this is a biblical principle that's, that's true all the time for you, for me, and for our children. And like all biblical principles, you can't break it. Which means we either work with it and benefit from it, or we ignore it and we break ourselves against it. This principle, it's seen over and over through the pages of Scripture. And I just want to show you a couple of examples. The, the first one actually comes from the book of Proverbs, which is one of the books in our Old Testament that was written a thousand or so years before Jesus by an Israelite king named Solomon. And Solomon was famously known to be the wisest person who had ever lived. And this is what the wisest person who had ever lived wrote. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fool, fools suffers harm. I mean, it's pretty easy to understand, right? Psalm's going, listen, when you're, when, when you're friends with wise people, you become wise. When you're friends with fools, you are going to end up foolish and suffer for it. Regardless of what you believe, I doubt too many of you would argue with this. Because we've all had enough experience to know that there are no neutral relationships. Everyone that we're friends with will impact us positively or negatively. I mean, isn't it true? Isn't it true that your friends have been influential catalysts that have either led you toward or away from Jesus? 
toward trusting him more or for your trust faltering in him? If you're honest, isn't it true that your greatest regrets can be traced back to a relationship? A phone call you wish you never would have returned, a text message you wish you never would have responded to, an invitation you wish you would have said no to, a date wish you wish you, wish you would have never gone on. I mean, if you're being honest, isn't it true that many of your good and bad habits that you have today were introduced to you through a friend? Our friend have Friends have powerful influences in our lives. And listen, this, this is so true for every single person. What I'm about ready to say next, but young people, you need to especially listen to this next phrase that comes out of my mouth. Show me your friends, and I will show you your future. Show me your five closest friends, and I can predict with accuracy the destinations that you arrive at spiritually, physically, morally, financially, mentally, and emotionally. If your five closest friends are generous, are loving, are respectful, are following Jesus, are successful, are healthy, are wise, you're likely going to end up at those destinations as well. But if your five closest friends are idiots, <laughs> are doing drugs, are selfish, or agnostic, lazy, our complainers, our unhealthy, our fools, you're likely going to end up there as well. I mean, Solomon's just reiterating the principle that your friends impact the quality, direction, and destinations of your lives. Second passage, this great example from is in the New Testament in the, in the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul 30 or so years after events of Jesus' life. And he's writing it to a church, this community of Christ followers in this city called Corinth. And in the letter he writes this. Do not be misled, which means don't be deceived by buying into the lie that what I'm about ready to say is not 100% true for you. Don't, don't be misled. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts. Good character. And for the parents who have kids, you know, have teenagers especially, you're like, I need to hang that on their wall. Because <laughs> you think this only applies to young people. Not so. This applies to all people. What Paul, what Paul is saying is your friends can negatively impact you no matter how young you are, old you are, rich you are, poor, poor you are, how big your faith is today or how little your faith is today. But we already know that, don't we? We already know that based on all of our experiences. Bad company has corrupted a bunch of marriages. Bad company has pulled too many people into destructive addictions. Bad company has, you know, planted corrupted ideas into people's minds and led them away from Jesus. Bad company has destroyed people's self-worth. I mean, you don't have to be a follower of Christ. You don't have to believe what's written in the Bible to know that the wrong kind of friendships impact you in, the, in a way that create the wrong kind of outcomes and the wrong kind of behaviors. And why is this the case? Because it's a lot easier to pull someone down than pull someone up. I mean, you know this. It's a lot easier to pull someone down than pull someone up. Noah, come up here real quick, buddy. Yeah, you. Come up here. Jump up here. Quick like eagle, not slow like sloth. This is Noah. This is my buddy Noah. Noah, say hi to everybody. Aren't you excited I called you up? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, Noah, I want you to stand up on this box and turn toward me. <laughs> All right, Noah, I want you to do your darndest to try to pull me up on that box. Pull as hard as you can. Do your darndest. Pull me up, buddy. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even budging. I mean, now, Noah, okay, you ready? Here we go. Now come down here. You know, I want you to give the, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot bigger than you, right? 
I have huge muscles, right? <laughs> Noah, I want you to do your darndest to try to pull me off this box. Same, same after you gave. Okay, you ready? Okay. Noah did not all of a sudden from being at the top of that box to being down to that box do a thousand push-ups and get stronger. The reality of it is, it is a lot easier to pull someone down than pull someone up, wasn't it? You guys give it up for Noah. Good job, buddy. I mean, Paul, you guys, we know this. He's just reiterating the point, man. For good or bad, your friendships impact the quality, the direction, and the destination of your life. Just as he who walks with the wise will become wise, and in the same way the friends of fools suffers harm, and in the same way bad company corrupts good character. Now, unfortunately, the church in Corinth, they didn't listen to Paul. They didn't believe this principle applied to them, and in turn, they strayed away from following Jesus, from growing in relationship with Jesus, and thus being transformed by Jesus. So a few years later, Paul wrote them another letter. It made it into our New Testament. This letter is called 2 Corinthians. And in this letter, Paul, you know, he, he reminded them of this biblical principle and instructed them on what they needed to do to turn, turn back toward following Jesus. And as I go through this passage, just for the next few minutes, if you're not a follower of Christ, you never put your faith in Jesus, asking him to be the forgiver of your sins and lead of your life, what I'm about ready to say, you don't have to apply any of it. You, you can just kind of disengage for a second. But I will let you know, you don't have to believe what's written in the Bible is true to apply what I'm getting ready to talk about. And you can and you should because it's just going to make your life better. But for those of you who are followers of Christ, what Paul's about ready to say is so vitally important for you or for me. And are go is going to affect you now and in the destinations that you arrive at in the future. So here's what Paul wrote. He said, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And just real quick. This sentence, so many people take this sentence out of context. Most people use this to talk about who you should and shouldn't marry. And the, yeah, I agree in principle with that, but Paul is not referring to anything with marriage here. Secondly, some, of you, some people use this as an excuse to shelter themselves or their kids from the world and not share Jesus with people. And that's not what Paul is saying. As a matter of fact, all the writers of the New Testament were very, very clear. Jesus was very, very clear that you need to become friends with. You need to be in the life of people who don't know Jesus to share Jesus' love with them because how will they know without you? And I'll come back to that before we close in a second. But that's not what Paul's referring to. To accurately understand what Paul's instructing them to do, we need to know what's behind these two, two, two specific words that he uses. The first one here is the word unbelievers. In this context, Paul is not referring to anyone and everyone who's never put their faith in Jesus. Paul is, though, specifically referring to people who are aggressively or opposed uh, against, uh, opposed or against Jesus, who are aggressively opposed or against the truths and the promises of Jesus, who are opposed and who are against to pe of people who follow Jesus. The second word you need to understand is the word yoke. Uh, uh, this is a picture of a yoke. A yoke is basically this contraption that goes around uh, the necks of two oxen. And it's basically to tie them together so that when an oxen, they're going in the right, they have a plow behind them or they're pulling something, that they have more force, that they have more power. They can move together in a better direction, faster with more power. And that happens when you yoke them together. But it only happens if they're going in the same direction. If two oxen are going in, in two different directions, they'll tire each other out. They'll steer one, you know, 
one toward one way and one toward the other way, or they'll both give up. Or imagine if one is lying down. If one oxen is lying down, the other oxen can't go to where they're, they're desiring to go, and everything stops. When you are yoked with someone, you've locked arms and minds and hearts and desires with them. Therefore, they are influencing the way that you think, act, feel, behave, and believe. They're impacting the quality, the direction, and the destinations of your life. Throughout his two letters to the Corinth church, Paul instructed them on how to follow. He was instructing them on how to grow in a relationship with Jesus so they could be transformed to everything God's created them to be. And so they can experience the life and hope and peace and joy and fulfillment that only he can give them. And over and over and over, Paul said, you need each other. You need each other. You need the church. You need other followers of Christ. You need to be yoked with them. You can't and you won't follow Jesus without one another. You can't and you won't be transformed into everything God's created you to be without one another. At Relevant, the way we say is transformation doesn't happen in isolation. Transformation doesn't happen without one another. So what Paul is saying in the sentence is, be yoked. Be yoked with people who are helping you move toward Jesus. Be yoked with people who are helping you move toward who he is and taking next steps to follow him and helping you grow in your relationship with him. With, with him. Don't be yoked with people who are opposed to that, who are against that, who are moving in an opposite direction, who are influencing you to take steps away from following Jesus. Why? Because for better or for worse, your friends impact the quality, the direction, and the destinations of your life. And it's a lot easier to pull someone down than pull someone up. This, this is so vitally important for you, for me, for every young person, old person. The friends you're yoked with will greatly impact you taking steps toward or away from following Jesus. Will greatly impact you being transformed to everything God's created you to be or not will greatly impact you experiencing the life and hope and peace and joy and fulfillment and purpose that only Jesus can give you. Will greatly impact you moving toward or away from the destinations that your heavenly Father desires for you. And I could tell you story after story after story, but I don't need to because you already know it and you've already experienced it. Paul goes on. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? And the obvious answer, nothing. Uh, or or what, what fellowship can light have with darkness? Answer, nothing. What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? And that's a phrase Paul uses here to describe Satan. The obvious answer is nothing. Or what does a believer, in this context, someone who's committed to follow Jesus, have in common with an unbeliever? In, con in this context, someone opposed to following Jesus. The answer, nothing. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Paul's saying, hey, remember, as followers of Christ, we're te the temple of the living God. We, because the moment that we put our faith in Jesus, the moment we ask Jesus to be the forgiver of our sins and leader of our life, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, took residence within us. We are now the temple of the holy God, there, that, which means there is no place for false gods in our lives. There's no place for idols in our lives. Paul, after quoting some Old Testament passage to reiterate this passages to reiterate this principle. He then instructed them on what they needed to do to turn back toward following Jesus. He says, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves. This means let us separate ourselves from everything. And in the context, the everything he's talking about is people who are influencing us uh, to take steps away from Jesus and who are pulling us down. Let's purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit 
Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Why? Because your friends impact the quality, the direction, and the destinations of your life. Your friends will move you towards spiritual, physical, moral, financial, mental, relational, emotional life and health or destruction. Your friends will build you up or they will tear you down. Your friends will spur you on toward better, healthier, life-giving destinations or they will hold you back. Your friends will help you be a better you or a worse you. Your friends will carry you through difficult times or they will cause you difficult times. Your friends will impact you becoming a generous, wise, loving, humble, selfless person or they will chip away at your character. Your friends will drive you toward decisions that lead to life and hope and peace and joy or decisions that lead toward regret. Your, your friends will protect you, your heart or they will cause damage to your heart. Your friends will help you take next steps to follow Jesus or they will cause you to take next steps away from him. Your friends will help you grow in your relationship with God and your faith in God or your friends will derail that. Your friends will, be, will, will, your, your friends will impact you being transformed into everything God's created you to be or being transformed into something further from who he created you to be. Your friends will impact the quality, the direction, and the destinations of your life. This is a, a biblical principle. You can't break. You just break yourself against it if you ignore it. And your friends, this is a big one. This is crazy. Your friends are influences that you Choose. Your friends didn't choose you. You chose them. And every friend we put in our life, we're choosing to put an influence in our life. So choose wisely. Because the destinations that you and your heavenly father desire for you, they're at stake. Now, if that's true. If that's true, which I obviously believe that it is, I think it's worth all of us, young and old, honestly answering a couple questions. First question is, what destinations do you desire to arrive at? Financially, with your mental health and your marriage and how you view yourself, with your education, occupationally in your relationship with Jesus in regards to joy and peace in your life as a parent, as a spouse, as a son and daughter, as a citizen, as a student, as a leader. More importantly, what destinations does your heavenly father desire for you to arrive at? I mean, how does he want to transform you more into who he's created you to be? It's an important question. The second question then is, are your friends helping or hurting you move toward those destinations? Because they are doing one or the other. Your friends are doing one or the other. And my challenge to all of us today, regardless of who we are and regardless of our age, is to choose to surround yourself with friends that are helping you move toward Jesus and what he would have for you and to separate yourselves from the ones who are hurting you from moving toward that. And it won't be easy to do, but it will be worth it because your and 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 my friends impact the quality, the direction, and the destinations of our lives. Now, parents, I want to talk to you specifically for the next few minutes because this is a parenting series. I said before, no one has the potential to influence your child more than you, and you are not the only influence in your child's life. Your 
children's friends are impacting the quality and the direction and the destinations of your children's lives. And the older your child gets, the more impact their friends have in their lives and the more impact your child has in their friends' lives. And that's either a really good or really bad thing depending on who your child is. And if you've been a parent for any period of time, you already know this is true. And because of this, our natural approach is protection through isolation. Try to isolate them from everyone because trying to protect them. Unfortunately, this approach has proven over and over and over to be ineffective and hurtful because you can't isolate them forever. You can't protect them forever. And by trying to do that, they never learn this principle themselves. Therefore, I think a better approach is to parent with the end in mind by helping our children choose to surround themselves with friends who will positively impact the quality and the direction and the destination of their lives. And I want to close by giving three suggestions for how to do that. This is not an exhaustive list of suggestions. These are not perfect suggestions. These are suggestions that I've seen helpful in my own kids' lives, and I've seen parents, many parents that have been helpful uh, in the lives of their kids. Here's, here's my first suggestion. Create conversations with your kids. Create conversations with them. Conversations that help them see who God created them to be. What he has for them. What he desires for them. Conversations that help them develop a vision of what could and should be in their life spiritually and financially and mentally and emotionally and relationally. Conversations that help them to assess if their friends are good friends or bad friends based on all of that. Con and you know this, parents. Conversations require two things. Number one, consistency, which means this isn't a one time, you know, this isn't the talk. It's happening all the time. And the second thing they require is questions, which means it, this is not have, you know, create sermons at your kids. It's create conversation with them, which happens through questions and pulling things out of them. Good, consistent conversations build relationship, your relationship with your kids. And, and the more your relationship is increased with your kids, the more, you know, potential you, you're, you have influence in their life for the long haul. Now, doing this, creating conversations doesn't guarantee anything, doesn't automatically make them select good friends. My kids, your kids, they're going to choose friends who are fools. They're going to choose friends who we don't believe are good for them. They're going to choose friends who can negatively impact them. So if you believe your child has one of those friends in their life, a great evaluation question to ask yourself to determine if you need to interject. This is a great question to determine. Should I interject right here is this. Is my child positively influencing this friend, assuming your child is a positive influence, or are they being negatively influenced by this friend? If your child's chosen a friend who can negatively impact them, but instead your child is positively influencing that friend, don't interject. Like, this is awesome. God is using your child and this kid's life and their friend's life to positively influence them. Why would you isolate them from that? But if you feel that this friend in their life is negatively influencing your child, my second suggestion is, Put healthy guardrails in place for them. Listen, if, if, you're, if, you're, if your child's being influenced by, negatively by one of their friends, I do not suggest isolating them. 
I do not suggest saying you can't be friends with them anymore, you can't see them anymore, because you know what you do in that situation. If your parents told you that, what would you do? Your kids are going to do the same thing. They're going to do the exact same thing, so don't do that. I suggest instead putting healthy guardrails in place for when and how this interaction happens with the friend. Phone calls, when and how they happen. Social media interaction, when and how it happens. When they can see them, when they can't see them, where they can see them, can they be alone. Just guardrails that go, man, you got to operate within these guardrails. And by the way, if and when you do this, you got to have conversations about why. Conversations about why, helping them see how this, how this relationship can, is, is negatively influencing them. Listen, no matter how many conversations you have with them, your, your child won't like it. Your child won't agree with it. But that's okay because you're parenting with the end in mind. My young, younger daughter, Reese, uh, she's going to be a freshman this year. This last year, she had a friend in her life that Christy and I did not like at all. We didn't like it because we could see she was being negatively impacted by this friend. That when she spent time with this friend, she just got it. all kinds of an attitude with us. Her attitude was going downhill. Her grades were going downhill. She was starting to hide things from us she's never hidden before. And furthermore, like, and we could see it's because of this friend is having this negative, I mean, it was like obvious. And plus, this wasn't a good friend. Like, this friend would have, I can remember that had a birthday party one time, and and they, Reese and this friend called themselves best friends, and this friend didn't invite Reese. And Reese was crushed. And it was like, oh, because my other friends, they coordinated it, and they didn't want you there, so they didn't. I couldn't talk them into it. I tried. And we're like, Reese, are you stupid? Like, do you not see? Like, this is a terrible, this is a terrible friend. And Reese is just crushed by this. Now, Chrissy and I could have said, you're not being friends with this person anymore. You're done. But we're like, that's not going to help because she's going to do it. She's going to do it. She's 14 years old. She's going to get around it. I would have. So instead, we start having conversations with her. Hey, Reese, what do you like about this person? Reese, do you think this person is a good friend or bad friend? Reese, what do you, about this person do you want to be like? Reese, do you feel like this person's having good influence on you or bad influence on you? Do you feel like you're having influence on them at all, good or bad? And we started have these conversations. Then we started to put guardrails in place with continued conversations. We start saying, hey, Reese, we're going to be checking your phone every single night. Checking every night. We're going to look at all your text messages, all your snaps, we're going to look at everything, everything, every single night. And, Reese, we're not going to allow you to go to this person's house and hang out. You can hang out with them, but you need to hang out with them here. And when you're here, you can't go up any, anywhere and close any doors. Like, so this is the place you can hang out. And we talked about why. Because we believe this is a negative influence. And it's having negative influence in your life. We don't like where it's headed, and we think it's hurting you, and we realize you don't see it, but honey, this is, what, this is what we're seeing. We love you enough to make this decision for you that you won't make for yourself. And so they continued to be friends, and they operated within the guardrails, and you know what ended up happening? Reese ended up seeing it for herself. <laughs> and all the times when her friends start doing this stuff, I'm like, hey, Reese, do you think that's a good friend or bad friend who does that? I just would ask that question. And sooner or later she saw, this is a bad friend. This is a bad friend. And Reese herself chose to end that friendship. We didn't choose to end it for her. She chose to end it. And that's a powerful thing for her going into the future. Here's my last suggestion. Engage your kids in environments that create the potential for the right types of friendships to develop and flourish. I said before, our lives are not transformed in isolation. 
Jesus uses people to transform people every single time. Whenever you hear, the, whenever you hear someone tell their stories about a person, whenever you hear a person tell their story about their faith and their trust in God growing, it always includes other people. And that's true for you, and that's especially true for your children. God wants to transform your child into everything he's created them to be, but transformation doesn't happen in isolation. This is why we spend a ton of time, a ton of money, and a ton of energy around trying to get every kid and every student into a small group with other kids and students their age. If your kid is not engaged in Sprouts and Relevant Kids and Rooted or Youth United, I strongly encourage you to start getting them er there every single week and not make this an option. For one of the reasons I talked about last week, that this is where they're exposed to practical biblical teaching that inspires them and empowers them to follow Jesus. But this is where they're also connected into a small group with 8 to 10 other kids or students and a small group leader who's committed to invest in in, in, in them. These small groups are the best environment for the potential for, for that friendships, you know, for the potential for friendships to form that can positively impact and influence them. Jesus wants to transform your kid into everything God's created him to be. But transformation doesn't happen in isolation. And not only that, not only this, is this important for them, the relationships in their life, but this is important they're connected in a smaller community, a smaller group of friends like this because of what's required of them in that. God wants to use your kid to help Others take next steps toward Jesus. And when they can be a part of a smaller community, a smaller group of students that's helping each other do that, and they can be a part of helping other friends do that, it's transformational for them. Now, one more thing I just want to say before I wrap up, and this is for everyone, but this is students, this is specifically for you. You are impacting the quality, direction, and destinations of someone's life. You. Are you moving your friends toward or away from Jesus? Are you moving your friends toward or away from the destinations that your heavenly Father desires for them? Are you moving them toward or away from them being transformed? You and you and you and you and I will do one or the other with our friends. So choose to live with purpose and be a positive influence. Furthermore, if you're a follower of Christ, if you put your faith in Jesus, <coughs> Jesus called you to help reach your friends for Jesus. Parents, this is why you can't isolate your kids. You, you need to be in people's lives who don't know Jesus and be friends with them, and they need to be in yours. You, you need to be in their lives to influence them toward Jesus, not to be influenced by them. And the best way you can ensure that happens is to make sure that you are consistently surrounding yourself with friends who are helping you take next steps for Jesus. Hey, Noah, come up here. Isaac, right? Come up here with Noah again. You, yeah, you guys come up here. Told you it's a lot easier to pull someone down than to pull someone up, right? You two get up out there. Okay, Noah, let's do this again. Eyes before we bring you into this. Noah, pull, pull him as hard as you can. Yep, okay, that's easy, okay? To get back up there. I want you guys to lock arms. Yeah, like you're yoked, you know, kind of getting this. All right, try to pull me up. Listen, these, <laughs> Noah couldn't even move me by himself. But you had another huge guy next to him. Right? 
And this is what it's like when we have other people in our lives who are biased, who are yoked with, helping us follow Jesus. We can go out, we can go out and influence people better because we have a support system who we are yoked with. Good job. Solid job, Isaac. Good job. Guys, give them up one more time. Good job, guys. All right, question for everybody. Wrap up here. Are your friends helping or hurting you move toward who God created you to be and the destinations he desires for you? It's a very simple question. Are they helping or hurting? Hey, parents, let me ask you. Are your kids' friends helping or hurting them move toward who God created them to be and the destinations that he desires for them? If your friends are hurting you, if your, friends are, your kids' friends are hurting your friend, kids, what next step do you need to take for yourself? What next step do you need to take for your kids? Taking it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. Because taking it may just be the thing that closes the gap between who you currently are and everything that God created you to be. Choosing it may just be the thing that helps close the gap between who your children are, currently are, and everything that God created them to be. We pray for us. Dear Lord, I, I pray that we don't just let this go by the wayside. I pray that uh, um, we truly choose to take next steps around this, to evaluate our friendships, to choose to be yoked together with people who can help us move toward you and what you have for us. Um, Lord, I pray that we become the influencers in people's life, the positive influencers, the kingdom influencers that we influence this world for you, we influence each other for you, we influence our friends to take next steps toward you regardless of where they're at in their journey instead of being negatively influenced by them. Lord, as parents, I pray you give us wisdom on what to do with our kids with this. It's not easy. It's very hard. Um, so help us just up to walk in wisdom. Give us wisdom that can only come from you. pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.